Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. I'm John Wilkerson here in our Knoxville studios down in Atlanta. Jimmy Hyams, of course, along with our guest for this next hour, and that is Vince Ferrara as he joins us for Vince's Views, brought to you by Waters Equipment Company. Vince, how are you? I am great, John. Good to hear your voice. Boy, you guys will let anyone just jump on headsets here, huh? Just about. (laughs) (laughs) The standards have dropped from Bill Hancock just moments ago. (laughs) Always great to, uh, to, to, to have you be a part of it. And what is it like? I mean, it's a little bit different last time they kind of had us jammed off in some side ballroom in terms of radio row what's it like to have the fantastic view of the venue that you guys have yeah it was kind of like a mike leach hangout you know where it's just a dark room and a lot of loud noises and that's where we were last time they, they have upgraded and made it more efficient got to give the sec credit they took the feedback that a lot of the media outlets including us shared with them from the last time they did it here in atlanta and and look the college football hall of fame they could not be nicer because they have offered from well before we got here they offered whatever we can do to help uh it's a really nice setup they have every along radio row where our section is at they have so many trophies and displays it's unbelievable someone was taking a picture of bryce young in front of bright of the heisman trophy <laughs> and there's also a, a jersey of bryce young that he took a picture in front of as bryce young so it, it, there's a lot of really neat things here it's a great look it's an overhang from the main room uh, it is more efficient for us to get our work done still a little bit spread out because some rooms are back in the omni hotel but uh, there's an inside walkway we can get there so it's not the end of the world uh 38 spots here on radio row jimmy I, I, even though they like people end up almost to the food court in hoover as they keep adding <laughs> tables and, and and when you're when you can smell chick-fil-a uh, you know it's you're a late addition when that can happen but uh, they there's 38 here i'm i think that's pretty close to or if not more than what we normally get in in alabama don't you think yeah i think it is and uh they can't stack us directly across from each other which right maybe isn't a bad thing but i do know when we were across from each other you would probably have more access to seeing who was coming down radio row right it's harder to do that now because we are wrapped around but that's okay i this is much better setup than it was four years ago yeah it's been enjoyable john it uh and obviously we i kind of like even though there may not be as many media here for tennessee in day four i kind of like the ramp up to tennessee because i think there would be maybe a little bit at least for us and, and our, our listeners and fans, maybe a little bit of a drop-off in in the interest in it for some. A Tennessee's already gone, so they may, like, shut it down. Kind of like if your team is eliminated from the mm-hmm. playoffs, you're right. like, I'm not watching the rest of this. Uh, but I, I kind of like the ramp-up to Tennessee the way it's set up this year. Um, do want to get your thoughts on 10 Tennessee volunteers going in the MLB draft. But before we get your thoughts on that, uh, in round 17, Alex Sayer, outfielder from Wright State, has been drafted. And if folks aren't aware, 
he was the last one to see the ball inside the stadium that Drew Gilbert jettisoned into mm. <laughs> sent into orbit beyond the right field wall. He was the right fielder for Wright State. And uh, just to see his name come across the ticker that he's been drafted by the Twins, so he actually gets to uh, relive that with, with Jarrell Ortega. So I th- I'm sure he's looking forward to that when they start sharing the locker room. Maybe, speaking of sharing, John, maybe Jarrell Ortega will share your home run call with him <laughs> and relive the moment. <laughs> well, he is mentioned in it. Back goes Sarah. <laughs> but what, have, what has it been like? I mean, Tennessee, as Jimmy pointed out, there was a really good chance coming into this draft that the Volunteers were going to set a new school record, and they have. And, I mean, they didn't just set it. They flew right by it. It, it was less than seven completed rounds and Tennessee had had nine players drafted, which the previous high water mark was eight. Cortland Lawson goes today. And so Tennessee had three players go on Sunday, had six go yesterday, and now a another player today. What's been your reaction? Well, it's it's awesome. It continues to show the steps that the program is making, right? You you now want to start stockpiling Tony Vitello coached players in Major League Baseball, in organizations, we're seeing plenty in organizations now, and that's building, but then you start getting them in the big leagues before long, and I think one of the draws for the Tennessee players is these guys are going to be able to move through the minor league system quicker because they're going to be ready to go because of their college experience, and many of them have experience, multiple years of experience on the college level, I think that'll be an advantage over some of the high school players. And you think about it, the eight previous, that was in 50 rounds of the MLB draft. Mm -hmm. Tennessee had set the record through what? I know it was a 20-round draft, but they got to nine through, was it the seventh round, John? Yeah, actually before the seventh round was complete, so it was six plus. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And at least they got a first-rounder in there in Drew Gilbert, too. That probably would have been a little bit of disappointment had Tennessee not had someone in the first round. Certainly uh, with Beck and Tidwell, they were close, and there was expectation. Well, Beck counts as a first round. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I think so. Because Uh, before the start of the second round, even though it is compensatory and other different things like that, he is considered a first-round draft pick. Okay, so for bragging rights, we can – uh, give him that that title as well, and he Couple was in two first rounders for Tennessee. <laughs> Boy, some of those the letter the the letter people that go with the rounds of the Major League Baseball draft early on. There's a there's a dash B and a dash C, and yep, uh, it, it's crazy how they're the only sport really that does that uh, of the major ones. But uh, yes, it's a validation on, on Tony Vitello, this coaching staff. Josh Elander, uh, and and everyone else, Frank Anderson, everyone else that's been able to develop players. Uh, I think it's cool. I haven't seen, John, the the layout, the, the by-school layout on where Tennessee falls in the Southeastern Conference and number of players drafted. Maybe you've seen that, but I'm guessing that's a pretty decent decent number in just their players, not counting signees. Yeah, um, and I... I can't imagine a school right now that would be that close, um, but I'm sure we'll get it when all is said and done after the, the round. They're in the 17th round now, and there are so three rounds after this one, and we'll, I'm sure the, the numbers will break down and be really favorable to Tennessee. Yeah, and John, another positive is I, I, I checked a little while ago. I have not seen a Tennessee signee drafted to this point, so that would be a positive for getting them in school, obviously, 
And that doesn't necessarily mean that Major League Baseball didn't like them or project mm-hmm. them. could very well mean, like we saw with Chase Burns last year, where those players are telling Major League Baseball teams, I'm going to college, so you can draft me if you want. But Chase Burns wasn't 20th round worthy last year, but the, the Padres took a flyer on him because he told everyone, I'm going to college. So I, I think that could be... A real positive. Look how many, I think it was eight of the top 19 high school players were either LSU or Vanderbilt commits in the draft. Vanderbilt, as you guys know, Vanderbilt's been getting hit by the draft more recently than they were before, where some would go and some would return to school. So we'll see how that shakes out for them. Tennessee may get a, all or, or most of their class, which, of course, will be another positive. Let's go to the phones and check in with Jim. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Jim. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, Vince. Um, You know, with the uh, college football season right around the corner, just remember this. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women are merely players. (laughs) I, I... I thought maybe I needed a Shakespeare quote to get on today. <laughs> well done. <laughs> See, I thought you were going Elvis. Are you lonesome tonight? <laughs> and each must play a part. Act one was when we met. <laughs> well, all, all of us have a different answer to that, by the way, but we will we'll leave that alone. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let's see if I can remember my real question. <laughs> Alas, um, poor Vince. I knew him well, Horatio. <laughs> All right, let's see. When the SEC finally does not have divisional play anymore, and we're going to take the top two teams to match them up for the SEC title game, what is your best either guess or suggestion of what the tiebreakers, the first two or three tiebreakers might be uh, to get those two teams into the title game? And my second part of that question, I'm going to assume that that head-to-head is probably always the first tiebreaker. At least that's always what I see as a first tiebreaker. And my question is, and I'm still going to think that's going to be the first tiebreaker, but do you guys think that that is always necessarily the best tiebreaker, although it's the easiest tiebreaker? Uh, great question. I can't wait. This is a Jimmy Himes' wheelhouse here, or slash sore subject, on how they would decide the, the rest without divisions. And, and real quick, we learned listening to, to Greg Sankey that it's not a definitive that they're doing away with the divisions, right, Jimmy? They're focusing on it, but when he was asked about it, he didn't rule out them revisiting that, right? Uh, that is correct, although I would go 90% they're doing away with divisions. Yeah, yeah. I think he always likes to leave a little margin for error. Yeah. And this is a very slight margin for error, in my opinion. So, <laughs> I, I agree with you. And so... Me, personally, I like coin tosses and AD votes. <laughs> <laughs> I, want a, I want a home run derby. <laughs> Hey, it works tonight. Yeah. <laughs> John is influenced by how well we love the coin tosses in the NCAA baseball tournament and softball as well. Oh, road game again. Okay. We'll see Hopefully what's you on. don't have an NFL referee call, calling that toss. <laughs> Jim, I would say the – before I answer your head-to-head question, I would say 
the maybe the most logical thing would be like an NFL type of tiebreaker because they do have head-to-head. Then they go down the line in terms of, I guess we see this on a, on a lot of levels, uh, versus the top team in the conference in this situation. How would you do against them? And then, you know, depending on who, common opponents, um, or, or if it's a three-way tie, how what's the record among those three mm-hmm. to get a separator? So those kind of things that would be where they would probably go. Is the head-to-head always the go-to? I don't think so because in if we do away the divisions and there's more of a variance in the strength of schedule for some of these teams, you may have teams with the same record, but if one isn't challenged as much as the other, but they end up with the same record, even though one maybe beat the other head-to-head, depending on how that game went, I don't know that that's 100% the, the team that lost in that tiebreaker scenario is the worst team. How do you view that, Jimmy? Kind of along the same lines. Here's what I could see, and this is what my quick response would be. If there's a tiebreaker, in particular for the number two spot to get into the SEC championship game, I'm going to go with head-to-head unless there's a difference of at least or more than four in the college football playoffs final selection committee standings. Hmm. If I got a team that's at number eight and they're in a tiebreaker with a team that's 13, I'm going to take number eight because that's giving me a better chance to get more teams in the college football playoff. Yeah. John, what do you think? Um, I always uh, appreciate what head-to-head means, and I think (laughs) that should be bar none number one. I I do wonder about that component that would be some sort of ratio or I should say rating that is strength of victory because I know that can be a Mm -hmm. component that's in the National Football League. And to me, that one always seems a little bit dicey because, well, what if – what if one of the teams you're pointing to is your strength of victory just hadn't really played anybody? Right. Um, so I, I just, if head-to-head's on the table, that's first. And, and then after that, it, it probably is going to be who has the best win against the, uh, the rest of the standings. Well, I'll tell you guys, just from your discussion, I, I think the committee discussion on this topic is going to be very, very interesting. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of different opinions. Uh, Jimmy, I guess uh, one of your favorites, though a possibility, I guess we could blow the dust off those BCS computers. <laughs> <laughs> or blow them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blow them up is probably yeah. better. <laughs> hey, guys, I appreciate your uh, your thoughts. I, I'm really looking forward to how all of this uh, shakes out and can't wait till those decisions are made. You just, guys have a good afternoon. If they did all that ciphering on laptops, we could just give him Ken Newton and let him toss him out the window, right? Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jim. We'll get a break. We've got more coming your way. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, his appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment Company. I'm John Wilkerson, Jimmy Hyams, and Vince Ferrara are at SEC Football Media Days down in Atlanta. Let's get back to the phones and talk to Jacob. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Jacob. Hey guys, good afternoon to you. How are you? Pretty good. Hope y'all are doing well. I wanted to ask y'all and uh, and see if you guys had a chance to uh, watch former Vol Christian Coleman uh, run in the World Championships in Oregon over the weekend. Yes. Well, Finished I watched sixth. that. Yeah, exactly. I watched it, Jimmy, and I was excited to see him 
back on the track and competing on a world stage. But after watching that race, I was really surprised. From a, a technical standpoint, that was probably the poorest performance in a world on a world setting that I've ever seen him run. Uh, he didn't have a particularly good start, and about the 30 or 40 meter uh, mark when he usually uh, propels himself forward, he was getting passed with regularity. Uh, again, I'm excited to see him compete, and I want to ask you, uh, do you think that he can uh, regain his uh, fastest man in the world title and make an Olympic team and, and win it uh, at the 100 meters again? Or, uh, I mean, what do, you, what do you expect from Christian Coleman going forward? Jacob, it's hard to say because the guys that beat him are in their prime. They're still relatively young. Uh, now, I, I saw that a little differently. You mentioned all those people passing him. Well, I thought he got a decent start. That's why he was ahead of them. And then they passed him. So I, I'll agree with them passing him up, and that's how he finished sixth. Uh, but you got Curly and you got some of these other – Curly who won it, the 100 – uh, 985 right. or something like that. I, I I don't know how long Christian Coleman's been back, but I would think there's going to be an adjustment period for him to return to the level that he was before. So it's hard to say that he's going to reach that level. Uh, my guess is he's still young enough to where he probably could. But it was interesting. The USA went 1, 2, 3, and 6. They had 4 right. in the top 8. And he was the last of that group, but uh, I did see him fade like you did. But I, I just think he's also still pretty early in his return. So could he get there? Perhaps. But uh, who knows, because a lot of good young sprinters out there. I would definitely like to see it and uh, because he's a former Vol, and it's just, I think, just a feather in the cap, really. I mean, the, to have that kind of ability – uh, I, w- I would definitely like to see him regain his form. But on the way out, if Danny White uh, ever decides to refurbish Tom Black track, he needs to take a trip up to Oregon and tour those facilities. Those facilities up there over the weekend were world class. I was really impressed with the track and, and just the overall stadium. But that's all I got. Appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, that that's kind of been uh, almost a gathering point, uh, Jimmy, for – track and field for quite some time with the, yeah. the pre-Fontaine stuff. Yeah, look, they've hosted NCAA championships. Track is a bigger deal in Oregon than it is in a lot of other places. Uh, and I, I saw the track, too. It's amazing how good it is. But to be frank with you, I think that Tennessee right now probably has other priorities, which include uh, Neyland Stadium and Lindsey Nelson Stadium before they get to Tom Black Track. Let's get a call from Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hey, fellas. Hey. I want y'all to talk a little bit about the uh, commitment from Knoxville Catholic and uh, the uh, boy, some ranked number one in the state from where we're in Middle Tennessee. I want you to talk about those two prospects, uh, what you think about them as prospects, how big are they, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, um, well, we had the opportunity to uh, talk with Trevor Duncan right after he committed, Jimmy, and then uh, we got to see him. Uh, this last Friday when it was uh, high school football media day uh, for uh, thanks to the Knoxville Football Officials Association. Um, he's an impressive young man. And uh, the question, Vince, is exactly what does Tennessee have? Because 
He's got a great frame. He's got the versatility. He's got the athleticism. He could play on the outside of your defensive line. He could play on the inside of your defensive line. He could uh, add, continue to add bulk and, and be perhaps a star in your offensive line. I, I, I don't think anybody knows, Vince, where Trevor Duncan's going to land with Tennessee, but he's going to do something, and I think probably something nice. Yeah, and we've seen his rating elevated, too. I, I think when he committed, he was three stars uh, in a lot of the services. Now some have him as a four. And I, I think it, he's he's got versatility on a line, which is something you want. John, did you, did you sense any sort of preference for him in terms of where he would want to play? I'm sure he says wherever they want to put me, but does, do you think he has a preference on where he'd like to play in college? I know he likes defense when it comes to Catholic and I think he likes the being in the position to get after people so I think it's the opportunity to uh, to simply get after whoever has the football but 66-270 is what he's listed as in terms of according to rivals and on the VolQuest uh, list of commits and I guess the other that he's talking about is Caleb Herring right? Right. Linebacker from Murfreesboro. Jimmy what do you think right. of Herring? I think Herring is, uh, has tremendous potential he's a really good edge rusher his older brother's a linebacker at Tennessee uh, and uh, I enjoyed visiting John when we had interviewed him a while back. I enjoyed talking to him. He's uh, very respectful, but I think he's a tremendous football player, tremendous athlete, and I think he's good. I think he has a chance to make an immediate impact at Tennessee. Yeah, right. he'll he'll need to put on some weight. I mean, he's at, he's listed at two hundred five, two hundred six right now. But man, when you're six five and a half, you have his kind of frame, and he fills a needed edge rush. Put him on the weight program here, strength and conditioning. And then you have a long, lean frame, which is today's edge-rushing college football. Right. Uh, I, I, think, I think that's a positive. And then obviously having his, his older brother uh, ahead of him can kind of help pave the way and, and get him more of that comfort level as well. I think I was on with you, Jimmy, when we talked mm-hmm. to him, filling in for John one day. And I was impressed by him, too. Yeah, he's six five two ten, according to uh, again his profile. And can you imagine the nightmares that uh, that he on one side and Shandavian Bradley on the other might cause for future offensive coordinators and especially O line coaches? Yeah, right. and there's more with like James Pierce and yeah, some of the point. guys they just brought in here. So they are addressing that need. It is mm-hmm. clear. It is something that uh, that you like to see them getting some results at a need position. Right. Okay, guys, how many more? Jimmy, I know you said the other day you thought we might sign 22. Am I right about that? Yeah. And some people say they think 20 and two more. So what do y'all think about how many more we might end up taking? It may be kind of iffy, but uh, y'all think we'll sign is uh, take commitments for as many as two or three or four more? Um. Hang on, uh, Jimmy will be back in one second. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Jimmy has said around 22 is their number. To Jim- leave room for the transfer port. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and of course, the thing is, is it's going to take a lot of getting used to, but as Brent Hubbs mentioned, it's not as though you're beholden to that 25 number like you have been. It's right. all in relation to the 85. So if you've got the room, it, it could be just making sure that you have room for four, five, or six, I would think. I think four would probably be the minimum you kind of need to keep in your back pocket, don't you think? Yes. So and, I, and and here's the thing, too. There could be some more attrition from Tennessee's team. Who knows? There's right. attrition everywhere. Uh, but on the other hand, I, I can't tell you exactly how many Tennessee has in relation to the 85. Mm-hmm. 
that sometimes has been a number hard to define. True. Jimmy Himes and Vince Ferrara are down in Atlanta for SEC Football Media Days. This hour brought to you by Waters Equipment Company. Back to the phones we go. It's Roger who joins us next. Hello, Roger. Uh, uh, hi, hi, John. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Doing. Doing well. How are you? Uh, doing fine. Doing fine. Thank you. Uh, Jimmy and Vince, uh, uh, I know y'all down, uh, down, uh, down, down Alabama. Uh, how how, 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 how you both doing? Doing well, Roger. Thank you. We're good. Uh, oh, okay. Atlanta this year. Typically, uh, Roger, we're in okay. Green Hoover in Alabama. They decided to uh, slide us over to Atlanta, so it's much better oh. uh, than it was last time. And uh, we got a cool spot, oh. so we're we're enjoying it at the College Football Hall of Fame. But thanks for asking. Well, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's not then, and I'm sure. Yeah, are you both having fun? Are you both are you both having fun down there? I'm enjoying it so far. So far, yes, absolutely. Well, good. Well, good. Uh, I just want to ask you first, Ben. Uh, uh, I just want to ask you about 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 about, about that first, Ben. So, but first, uh, Vince, I know I know I know that every day. Everybody, I know I know that today was Alabama, Alabama and Tarkana today, and uh, and first day was uh, and there she was yesterday. And but I just want to ask you, Vince, Vince, you know what? You know what? You know, you know, you know who's in charge of. You know what determines who goes what day. Like, I don't know since he is Thursday. You know what? You know what? You know what determines. You know what determines them going. Like, like, who goes what day? Like, you know, what I'm saying for who determines that. Like, what determines what day? Who goes when? You know, what I'm saying. What, yeah. what, you know what I'm saying? What was that? Yeah, Roger, I, I do know what you mean. Jimmy, you might have more insight on this. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of a rotation, it is. right? Yeah. So uh-huh. I, I don't know how much. I've always kind of thought uh-huh. that be, when they're in Hoover in Alabama is such a draw that maybe they'd have some sort of strategy on the, the best day. I'm uh-huh. sure within the day yeah. they have strategy on when to place Alabama and maybe they have some thoughts on that but i i it, it does sound like from what jimmy says uh, more of a rotation tennessee's not always i think this is maybe the first yeah. time since the four-day format they've been the last day so yeah it's just it's just the way it it laid out this this year roger i got you and also vince and jimmy too and john uh, uh thirsty and it goes on thirsty uh on Thursday, what 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 kind of thing? Uh, I know Hooker's gonna be going uh, for. I'm kind of careful how he does. Uh, I just want to ask you how, how you say how, how you say how, how, what kind of things uh, Jimmy and Vince both. Uh, what kind of things looking forward to hearing him from Hooker? What kind of things and also Josh uh, uh, Hopper and also the whole tweet that goes down there. Uh, what kind of things looking forward to to hearing from them about about from them about 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 this year about about well, well, Thursday. Right. Well, Roger, just like everybody, everybody is being asked yeah. about the biggest topics in, in college football. The players probably are being asked about name, image, and likeness more than conference realignment, things like that. A lot of a lot of guys have been asked about Oklahoma and Texas coming in, some of those kind of things. But it, as far as the on, on the field or in the program stuff, I think you're going to hear culture yeah. talked about a lot by the Tennessee guys. And you're going to hear Hooker and Tillman asked about their tempo, uh, what Josh Heupel has meant to their development, and uh, and those kind of things. That when you, do they feel like they're this is the year that they can compete or take down a Georgia and an Alabama? They're probably going to get 
some of that. I think they'll be impressive on how they answer their questions. Won't be a surprise to anyone. Maybe Hendon Hooker yeah. get asked about the Heisman Trophy for some because some lists kind of put them on there and others do not. Uh, if he has a chip on his shoulder for those kind of things, starting the year as a, as the guy from the get-go. So those will be some of the things that they'll be asked about. But the, the biggest thing, not necessarily any sort of breaking news, is that yeah. all of the media and all of college football will get to hear from them when maybe they they would not. Jimmy, what do you think? What do you mean, hear from yeah. them when maybe they would not? Hear, you... hear from them and be able to learn more about Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman and Trayvon Flowers, where once you get into the season, maybe people aren't necessarily talking about it or listening to them in press conferences as much. In this setting, they get a chance to get some more national exposure and, and people get to hear about the program and, and them individually is what I mean. Yeah, and, and look, uh, Hooker yeah. and Tillman have established themselves. They're all SEC caliber players. Uh, Trayvon Flowers is uh, is a guy that He's one of their best defensive players, but obviously they've got to get better on defense, and Flowers and Jalen McCullough will be a part yeah. of that because I think at the safety positions they're pretty good. But I'm sure they'll get asked a lot of the same questions that are being asked. We did hear one football player from Alabama say that thanks to name, image, and likeness, he was able to raise enough money so that his family could come watch him play wherever Alabama played. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tennessee's got a yeah. player with a similar story like that. I don't know. Uh yeah, and yeah, and Vince and Jimmy, it's a fault. How the being surprises anything? How the being surprises a fault? Since y'all done you seen you seen surprises anything? Any surprises a fault? No, no surprise anything. Yeah, I wouldn't say surprises. I would say the most stylish player so far was Dakarian Joiner from South Carolina. He had kind of a salmon, a sport coat with a flowery uh, shirt. He kind of had a paisan-like extra button-down in his shirt with some gold chains going. Uh, almost a Miami Vice-ish look. I may have been accused of that back in the day when I lived in, in Florida. Uh, may or may not, I should say. But uh, he said his mom helped him with his outfit and he he looked great he was like different and and cool and boy his life has changed as well so um i not really a surprise how grounded bryce young is for the, his status as a heisman yeah. trophy winner and being on on top of the world in college football and and being a favorite again this year and for him to still have the mentality he does it's just Hard to comprehend that a kid that good can uh, be as mature as he is. I was surprised when Joyner told me that when they asked him to play quarterback in the bowl game against North Carolina, he didn't want to. He said, I, I had passed on being a quarterback, and I was playing wide receiver. I didn't tell the coaching staff I didn't want to play quarterback, but by golly, I did not want to play. Yeah. And then he became the MVP of the bowl game. So right. Playing quarterback. And, and he has a sponsorship now with Duke's Mayo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, of course, uh, I don't know that uh, – that his head coach remembers getting doused by that <laughs> cooler full of yeah, somebody, John. Somebody asked him, "They're like, would you, would you do that? Like getting getting doused by May?" He was like, "No, I ain't doing that." Yeah, 
<laughs> no, uh, it can leave a mark, as Shane Beamer found out. <laughs> we'll get a break. A final segment for us with Vince Ferrara today. Coming up, his hour brought to you by Waters Equipment Company. Final segment for us with Vince Ferrara. If you want to get a question or comment in under the wire, 865-656-9900. That's 865-656-9900. Vince's hour brought to you by Waters Equipment Company. Uh, Vince, in terms of... Um what we heard out of uh, Nick Saban, he was asked about the uh, NIL deal, and he said, and, and somebody said, asking about being opposed to it. He said, "I'm not opposed to it." He said that I just would like to see it done a particular way. Right. And then the the commissioner of the SEC is saying they need to have some kind of standard nationally for this. Uh, do you see a standard being achieved without unionizing the players or? some type of uh, an agreement with them so that it's okay to basically proceed with a salary cap? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what that is, but they obviously would have to have some sort of cooperation with the, with the players if they're going to do that. Do that. What, you'd have to give something back to them. Can you accomplish that without union a union in place so you'd have to get really creative and really set them up uh in some creative ways if you're going to do that interestingly enough Dakarian Joyner was asked about that as well and he said well you know it's gonna it'll be long after you know I'm here when they you know that it probably gets sorted out but he's like I don't know about all that salary cap and all that, but he he does feel like there should be regulation because he said that is being used in recruiting to get players there, and he said that's that's unfair. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that a current player is aware of that happening in recruiting. He's a veteran player too, and he knows that that's not right and that's not what the spirit of name image and likeness was so yeah the coaches have been consistent with it i thought it was interesting for a player to talk about that also i thought it was interesting also that mike leach said that uh, the college athlete has more privileges than the pro athlete look at all of what they can do he said it's like you're a free agent every year you can go out and market yourself and make money and there's no salary cap of course none of them are making 40 million a year right but, but i thought that was interesting from leach's perspective yeah, if you're just talking uh, about access and freedom, sure. But there's a give and take there with the mega millions that you can get on the pro level. Uh, also, when you talk about freedom, it's not like you can just play and not go to class and do all those other responsibilities. You have to actually put in the work to earn your scholarships, stay eligible, mm-hmm. And then be able to earn all those things that you're you're trying to get to improve your brand. So uh, there's some give back to that too. Uh, but yeah, Leach always has a, a little bit different look look at it. And you know, some players have talked about yeah, I do a little bit with name, image, and, and likeness, but maybe it's sort of downplayed how much they use it. I think everyone's been at the has been asked about it has talked about using it in some form or fashion, unlike. Uh, when we've talked to some players uh, in the past where they've been like, yeah, I think going in the last year after it had been only been out there a short period of time, remember, some were like, no, I'm not really I'm not really messing with it right now. I want to concentrate on the season. Alante Taylor said that. That's true. Mm-hmm. And, and so now that's kind of a completely different tune where players 
said they weren't. I think Will Anderson from Alabama said the same thing. He's like, I know last year I said I wasn't going to do anything with name, image, and likeness, but now I am. Here's my brand. And he mentioned it like five or six times in the, in the group session. So it, it is a different world now. Vince, quickly tell folks that if they've missed anything or want to make sure they don't miss anything the rest of the week, 991thesportsanimal.com has its own page dedicated expressly to SEC Media Days, right? It, it does. And with the help of Jay and all of our great staff back in, in the studio, Jimmy, Eric, uh, myself, are all contributing to getting audio, video, so much, some, tons of stuff from every single team. The central page on our website, 991thesportsanimal.com. The central page is right front and center. It's also on the Vols tab. Dozens and dozens of videos that look great. And then also podcasts. You can subscribe to the feed so you don't miss anything. Of course, we're ramping up to Tennessee coming on Thursday. So if you get locked in right now, check everybody out. See where Tennessee falls in the grand scheme of thing. things. Learn about everybody else. Then you'll be set to go for Thursday. We'll be here all week, uh, all week continuing to pump out the content on our website and all our social media accounts, SportsAnimal991. Vince, sure to appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. We'll get a break. Again, this hour brought to you by Waters Equipment Company. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more.